attention, please. The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. You are now listening to Renewed My Revolution podcast with your host, Michelle Cook Hall. Please begin to take that good deep breath as we begin to refresh, recharge, and reset. Let's go. Hello, 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 and welcome to Renewed My Revolution podcast with your host, Michelle Cook Hall. As always, ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor and my pleasure to be able to come and share with you some tips and some tools that I know will assist you in becoming a better, better you. Listen, it's going to be a great day. Why? Because we're declaring it, we're decreeing. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that everything's going to go your way or my way. It just means that we're going to have a mindset to state that it's going to work out for our good. And how can we say that confidently? Because the Bible tells us that all things work out for the good of those who love and is trusting the Lord. So it's going to work out for our good. We also know that we've been made endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. So we're going to have some dark times. We're going to have some trouble. We're going to have some frustration. We're going to have some aggravation, some irritation. But guess what? Joy, joy, peace, love, happiness is coming. It is coming. So that's what we're looking forward to. That during those those dark times, during those rough times, during those hard times, that joy is going to come. In other words, it will not be like this forever. That's how we change our perspective. And that's how we begin to change and transform our life when we realize it will not always be this way. And let me tell you something. This is a true fact. I have seen it work. I have seen it happen in my own life, whereas I felt as if this is it. Oh, my God. This is the finale. This is the end. And then it turns around. It happens overnight. It happens in a week. It happens in a month. It happens in a couple of years. It doesn't matter. But things do change and they do happen. They do get better. So that's where we are today. Looking at it from that it's going to get better. Tell somebody today. It's going to get better. It will get better. Listen, I am so glad to be able to come again. I am alive, breathing, and healthy and strong. And I'm grateful to be able to come and share with you guys another nugget. Another nugget. I look at this as just an opportunity to be able to give you something that I feel in my heart is going to help you to say, you know what? I can keep on going. You know what? It is going to get better. You know what? I feel a little bit more strength than I had, you know, an hour before this podcast. Uh, I feel a little better today. I feel like I can make it. I feel like I can handle it. I feel a little stronger. I feel a little bit more determined. And, and that's what that's what my attempt is to get you to that point where you feel like, hey, I can make it. I can take it. I can keep going on. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect in your life to get to that point. Everything does not have to be uh, what they say, have your ducks in your row. does not have to be all lined up and perfect to go. But you still know, hey, it's going to be all right. And that's where we are today, knowing that it might not look good, it might not feel good, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. We're talking today about... Uh, release and let it go. I've talked about this before. Just want to cover it again because I always like to reach back 
pull something again back out for those who have not had the opportunity to hear it, for those who need to be encouraged, for those who need to be reminded. Also, please let me remind you to support this podcast. Go ahead and support this podcast. You can click the link to support it. Uh, you can contact me to support it, but most importantly, please support this podcast. You also can go and purchase uh, the books that we have available. Most of the material, I always say, comes from the books that are already published, Faith versus Fear, Breaking Family Ties. Um, also, there is a book called The Crowd Out that's really good for those who are in ministry, especially leaderships. A leadership roles in ministry. This is very important to for you to read and to get something out of. Um, so go to Amazon.com, go to BarnesandNoble.com. Those books are still available, still available right now. So go ahead and, and get that and share it and add it to your library. You can reach me um, on many of the social media platforms on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. My uh, website is www.michellechall.com. Okay? Once again, it's www.michellechall.com. Go ahead and see what we're up to on that website. Now, let's get to it because, as you know, I try not to keep you too long, okay? And so we're going to talk about release and let it go. The first thing I want to share with you is a proverb. Proverb 16, 18. It said, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Fear is often fueled by the need to be in control, better known as pride. I know it's really hard to understand this, but this perspective, but allow me to prove this case to you today. I like to say that a lot, um, and that's, it comes from some of my own teaching that I received um, about when you share something, you have to support it. So it's like, you know, my, my, my dream job uh, when I was much younger was to become an attorney. So I often use that terminology. Let me, let me prove my case, right? So let's take a look at an emotional disorder such uh, that is fueled by fear, such as, as anxiety. And I deal with anxiety a lot in this podcast because anxiety um, is overlooked a lot, um, but it is it's very prevalent in our time. Very, very, very prevalent in our time. So I, I do deal with anxiety a lot. And for those who are not necessarily dealing with anxiety, you will get something out of this podcast. Um, and if you're not dealing with it, you definitely know somebody, trust me, <laughs> somebody who, who is currently dealing with it or who has dealt with it or might not be dealing with it with, the, with in such a magnitude that we deal with in this podcast, but they have some form of anxiety. So that's why we talk about that a lot here on this podcast, because it is very, very prevalent, very prevalent, just different levels, right? And different um different kinds of anxiety that we see people are, are experiencing, especially today. So let's take a look at emotional uh, disorder such as uh, anxiety that is fueled, hear me again, fueled by fear. And this uh, information is directly uh, coming from the book Faith versus Fears. Those who already have this book, you will know this. You can go back and look at this. This is inside the book Faith versus Fear. So if you don't have that book. You need to get it so that you can get this information. Okay. Although fear is perceived and not factual during anxiety, it is still its fuel. 
Okay, so most of the time people, you know, have some form of anxiety. The first thing they do is they have a fear of something. Okay, fear of an environment, fear of being around people, fear of uh, driving, fear out of going out in public, even leaving their houses. There are so many, you know, forms and levels to it. Fear of public speaking, um, fear of taking tests. I mean, we can go on and on and on. And so this is all fueled by what? Fear. Okay, so let's continue. We talked about before the medical uh, terminology that happens with anxiety. The amygdala, amygdala, okay, amygdala is an almond-shaped mass of cells located deep within uh, the temporal lobes of the brain. There are two amygdalas uh, situated within, located deep within the temporal lobes of the brain. Okay, and they're uh, situated in each brain hemisphere. It is involved in our emotions and our motivations, particularly related to survival. It's involved in the processing of our emotions, such as fear, anger, and pleasure. And I found it to be extremely interesting that they will be uh, responsible for fear, anger, and then also pleasure. That's very unique to me, very interesting and intriguing to see that, you know, the same area that our anger and our fears and all this is stored, also our pleasure is stored also. The amygdala is also responsible for determining what memories are stored and where the memories are stored. So that's important when we think about our fears, why we, why we are afraid of uh, certain things, because think about it. This is where our memories are stored. OK, so that's important. This is it. It makes sense how it's all tied together. But when you think about how people are afraid and, and fearful from things like that actually stem from like their childhood, you know, it makes so much sense because if this is all where it's all stored, you know, it's and, and, and something good that you might have enjoyed uh, a memory that you might have enjoyed as a child. And, and you still enjoy, and when you think about it, you know, now you're still happy and it puts a smile on your face because this is the area where, um, you know, these memories are stored. Studies have led to the discovery of the location of neurons. In, in other words, where it receives, processes, and transmits information through electrochemical signals in the amygdala that are responsible, that are responsible for fear conditioning. I talked about this before, this maybe a year or two ago, um, fear conditioning. When I learned about fear conditioning, I researched fear conditioning, it really blew my mind. Don't want to talk about it a whole lot because I want you to go back and find that podcast and listen to it. But fear conditioning, briefly, is a learning process by which we learn through repeated experiences to fear something. I remember I had the opportunity of sharing this information in one of my psychology classes. And, um, you know, it went off really, really well because a lot of people don't know about it. 
but um, it's a real, real thing. And it makes sense. It makes so much sense, um, especially when it comes to those who are dealing with anxiety. It makes sense, fear conditioning, because if you have a repeated behavior, if you have a repeated experience, I'm sorry, a repeated experience over and over again, then you learn that. I always say whatever we put to practice, we're going to perfect. So if you keep having the same bad experience um, over and over again, it could be even, you know, like three or four times, you know, people have often created you know, a fear of that, right? A fear of that. And then when they're in that environment or doing that particular thing, they actually experience anxiety from it. So, um, for example, this is something, this is simple, but if a person, you know, goes before a crowd and said they really didn't have a fear of it because they was just, you know, their first time and they, they, they wanted to do it. So they was really confident and excited about it. But when they got up there, they froze. They forgot their words, you know, and then they begin to become very nervous, right? But say they coach themselves into saying, hey, I can do this again, and I'll be fine to go ahead and do this again. And they get up there to do it again, and then the same thing happen, happens again, you know? And then they'll think, start thinking to themselves, oh, my God, you know, this is not something that I can do. This is not really something that I am uh, capable of handling it. So then they become to have this this mindset about it. Say they try it one more time. So then three times it's a charm. You know, maybe I was sick. Maybe I was weak. Maybe I didn't eat enough. Maybe I didn't drink enough water. Let me try it again. And they get up there and they begin to, you know, sing or give their speech or whatever it is. And then once again, you know, they become shaky. They become nervous. They forget their lyrics. Uh, the crowd looks like they are staring, staring through them, right? So what, what do you think is going to happen? That, well, what happens is and can happen, not saying this happens all the time, but it can happen where they actually become fear conditioned. You know, they begin to experience fear conditioning regarding the specific, you know, things such as, you know, being in front of a crowd, you know. And if you don't watch it, it can come from, it can extend from being in front of that type of crowd to any crowd they don't want to go into any crowd because now they think that all the crowds are staring at them and judging them and you know it can become way out of control but this is how it's, it can start something so small you know that maybe getting enough rest the night before you know uh breathing techniques or you know all these other things that could have prepared them for that speaking or singing or whatever could have been done to help them not experience that but instead of that thinking of those things they're thinking that they're not equipped and they can't handle it they're not meant for this maybe this is not what they should be doing and their whole self-esteem is, is torn apart and then therefore they're no longer able to physically get out there and do the thing that they love of that they care about anymore because they have 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 done what been exposed to a repetitive repetitive uh, amount of of a bad experience so we learn um it's a you know fear condition is a learned process fear condition is a learned process and this is why i always emphasize what we you know practice we're going to perfect i say this because it's so true if you practice and and, and constantly you know speak negative that's what you're perfecting 
If you're constantly uh, thinking negative, that's what you're perfecting. If you just, you know, just uh, moody and depressed in your behavior and, and approaching things and the, it's not going to work out, but I'm going to do it anyway. If you have that mentality constantly, this is what you're practicing. This is what you're going to perfect. It's just, it's just a fact, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a fact. And so that's what I'm always emphasizing about us being very careful, very, being very careful and intentional in regards to how we approach, how we look at things, our perspective, how we, how we, how we even, uh, and, and, you know, our intentions, you know, how we even start off because that's everything, how you're looking at it. What you're thinking about it. They play a factor. So that's why, you know, it's important for us to look at things. Even though you might not see it, you know, happen in very, this very moment, this very second. It's important for us to look at things in a certain perspective to help us to uh, overcome and, and push through. So fear conditioning, once again, is a learned process by which we learn through repeated ex experiences to fear something, specifically to fear something. Our experiences can cause brain circuits to change and create new memories. Do you hear what I'm saying? I've said this before. I've said this before. It will change. It will change. Okay. This is the way our brain is set up. Our brain circuits will change and will create new memories. So if you up to that point have have always been very good and successful at speaking or singing in front of people, but you've had multiple bad moments and you begin to experience fear conditioning. Now, when you associate uh, singing or speaking in front of a crowd, you are now creating a new memory of just the bad and not the good. You're no longer remembering how successful and how great it was, the feeling was, the you know how how productive you was. You're now associating that experience with you know the worst, the bad, you know, and and that's what that's what once again, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me how we are able to recreate, you know, memories. You know, you can have had. Um, great experiences your whole life, your whole life with things, you know, and then something comes and then now when it's repetitive over and over again, all you ever think about is, um, the bad things, you know, you just think about all the, the hard times that you've had, um, and that has taken over the good times that you've had. And, and that's, um. That's really sad to me. It's really sad to me, but it's amazing that in another sense that that can happen. That's just this. Let's just look at um, so another scenario. Say um, we, you know, we've seen some tragic things in the news, right? We've seen uh, a lot of shootings and killings, right? So say, you know, for example, because somebody might be experiencing this. Say, you know, your whole life you enjoyed the mall. Like that was your place. You, I mean, you absolutely loved the mall. You, you love it. You went to it every weekend. You couldn't wait for all the sales. And let's say, you know, one time that you go to the mall, you know, someone comes into the mall and they, you know, create this hostile environment uh, where you're, you know, you're put in a, a position of life or death um, and you're running 
you're you're hiding, you know, to survive because someone's in there um, trying to cause harm to you and others that are there. Not that you've done anything, right? You're just shopping. But this is what people are facing now. They go to stores, they go to malls. This is what our threat is, right? Anybody at any time, they they're just they're doing this, right? So say that happens to you, right? Say that happens to you. So now it can, it, it can become a moment that, say you, you just said, I'm going to go back to the mall, right? You're going to go. You're going to try. After that happened, right? And then when you get there, you begin to feel that nervousness. You become to feel uneasy. Um, as if you are in danger again, even though you know you're not. But you feel it, right? So say that moment you can't take it, so you leave. You leave, right? She said, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to go back to the small. You know? And then once again, you go there. Every noise you hear, you jump. Every every person that walks past you, they look like it could be that person. You know, even though they don't look nothing like that person, but in your mind, you're thinking to yourself, that could be a person to do this, right? Well, the reality of it is, the more of these moments that you have, you're being fear conditioned to the point whereas you can come to a point where you're no longer feeling safe and comfortable being in the mall. And what's sad about that is that all of the great fun times of eating, you know, in the mall, getting your snacks in the mall, getting the sales at the mall, being with your friends at the mall, being with your family at the mall, all of that is now squashed. Now that all that is 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 no longer the the memories that come to the forefront. The memory that's coming to the forefront now is the moment of tragedy, the moment of fear, the moment in in which you were were fighting to get out for safety, the moment that you were petrified, the moment that you felt that everything was going to end, and then it's also replaced by the moments that you attempted to go back, but felt that you couldn't do it. See, this is this is me giving you all the opportunity for those who don't know what it feels like for those who suffer, for those who suffer from fear conditioning and anxiety and all these things. You know, these are real scenarios. These are real, uh, you know, issues that people really deal with. Right. So so understand that, number one, you're not alone. There are other people who are experiencing fear conditioning, maybe not from this scenario that I that I shared but in other scenarios, they are experiencing this, where their memories have been completely recreated, right? Recreated by uh, new memories, but not necessarily good memories, right? But new memories. Um, but this explains so much to me about how our experiences and our perspectives of those experiences can alter our lives. It can alter our lives. Like I said, this is a real situation. This is real events for real people. And this is something that can be uh, absolutely, you know, terrifying, numbing to a person, you know, where they no longer live the quality of life that they once lived that they once lived and and it's it's so heartbreaking because then you'll have people around them who don't understand and then they try to to minimize 
Because you know I, I hate that, right? I talk about that a lot. People trying to minimize your struggle, minimize your pain, minimize your hurt, minimize your grief. They don't know. So they minimize it, right, by telling you to get over it, you know, which you it, it's, it's not that serious, you know. Why can't you just get over it? That's like the worst thing that you can say to somebody who is trying. People who are trying and you tell them to get over it, you know, as if there's a switch. I always make fun of that because it's like they make it seem as if it's a switch that you can turn on and off. You know, if people had a switch to turn on and off their pain, <laughs> it would be a lot of just flicking of switches all the time. But it's a condition. Once again, fear conditioning. Once you have put this into practice, then you begin to perfect this. And it's, it's, it's something that just can't be turned off. But what do you have to do? You have to begin to do the total opposite of what you have been doing. You know, we talked about uh, last time, it's hard to do, but one of the steps is you facing whatever it is that is attempting to hold you back. Facing your fear. That was our last podcast. Facing your fear. So whatever it is, you have to face it. Okay? Anxiety disorder is perceived fear. Perceived. It's not always something that is it's factual. It's not even something that is necessarily going to happen or that is happening. But it is a perceived fear about an event that has not even happened yet. Or what? no proof that it will happen. But it is a perceived fear. For example, um, and this is just small, but it's true. A person uh, with anxiety might perceive a headache that lasts too long as a tumor on an aneurysm, a chest pain as a heart attack. This fear or dread is not easily shaken and can increase depending on the individual thinking process. The more they meditate or the more they start searching Google of all the symptoms of aneurysm, all the symptoms of a heart attack, all the symptoms of, of a tumor, the more they're feeding into that, right? So just going to the doctor and find out, you know, get the proper tests done, get the proper things done to eliminate all of that fear, unnecessary fear, unnecessary concern, unnecessary worry, right? Instead of doing that, if you decide to go to Google, go to Web, uh, you know, MD and diagnose yourself, which I have experienced is nothing. If you look at some of them symptoms, they could fit into any and everything. Now, that's just my experience. I'm... Not a medical professional, but it's just been my experience that if you Google some symptoms, you will see you fit into like a 24 categories of something. Okay? Because it's so it's, it's so general. It's so, so general. So you can't, you know, feed it. You can't feed it, you know. Um, so, and the more that you do practice in this type of thought process of this pending dread then the more symptoms of anxiety you will start you would that you, you would begin to experience and the more symptoms will surface okay don't let a thought have a hold on you grab a hold of that thought that's and that's very very important to not allow this thought to manifest and grow and grow and grow but begin to take a hold of that thought and take power over it before it intends to take power over you because it will because it will. I love this uh, scripture in Philippians that I'm going to share with you guys. I'm going to share with you guys. Because I thought it was so awesome. 
that the scriptures, you know, in the Bible would tell you not to worry, but it turns around and tells you what you should be thinking of. You know, it, it tells you don't, don't, don't have anxiety. Don't be anxious, right? About anything, right? It tells you that. But then it tells you also what you should be thinking of. You know, don't allow your mind to have you up all night thinking that you have all these horrible things, you know, but this is what it tells you too, because, because guess what? Guess what? God knows our brain. God knows how powerful our brain is. And God knows that our brain can either take us all the way left or all the way right. It, he knows that. So he says, listen, I don't want you to be anxious. I don't want you. I don't want you to fear. I don't want you to worry. And then you think to yourself, okay, so how, what, what am I supposed to do? How do I keep my mind in check, right? How do I keep it from swinging all the way left and swinging all the way right, right? How do I keep my mind from doing that? Well, in Philippians 4, 8, it states, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, any, anything is excellent and praiseworthy. Worthy, think about such things. It tells you what to do. The scripture lets us know that we have the power and the ability to grab hold of those thoughts, right? And it tells us clearly uh, what we should think about. So replace it. It's telling us, listen, this is what your mind is thinking, blah, 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 negative, 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 doom, 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 gloom, 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 bad, 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 sad, 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 fear, fear, fear. Right? It tells you all of this all the time, just constantly, constantly, constantly. But this is how you can come back that. You know, he tells you this is how you can handle that. I need you to think of things that are, are noble, think of things that are right, think of things that are pure, think of things that are lovely, think of things that are good. This is what we need to do to combat that. Right? And that's what he tells us in the scriptures how to handle. How to handle that, okay? So that is so important to remember if you don't uh remember it here again it is philippians 4 8 okay philippians 4 8 write it down write that scripture down so that you know you can have it accessible to yourself that whenever your mind is you know trying to take you you know all the way left or all the way right you can pull out this scripture on you know i used to believe in our little sticky notes we did that a lot when we first started the podcast pull out your sticky notes write this down you know, this would definitely be something that, you know, you can write down. And whenever your mind is just, you know, going there, you can just pull out that sticky note, pull out that little card and, and remind yourself, you know, remind yourself what you should be thinking of. I'm going to think about good that is true, things things that are true, things that are noble, things that are right, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are, you know, admirable, things that are excellent or praiseworthy. This is what I'm going to think about these things. You know, that, you know, I am good enough. I am smart enough. You know, I am worthy because God says that I'm worthy. I'm pretty enough. I am loved because there's no one else around me in my circle loved me. God loves me for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So I am loved. You know, I am I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, I'm unique. I am, you know, distinct. It's no one quite like me. They can try to, you know, uh, you know, act like me or they could try to, you know, be like me, but they can never they can never be me. Right? Because I'm unique. And and there's no duplicates of me, right? There's no duplicate of me. So it is important for you guys to, you know, the just let go. Just release and let go of 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 all this uh this this fear, uh this repetitive 
you know, conditioning, fear conditioning, you know, let that go. And how are we going to let that go? Because we know we can't flip a switch and make it go away. But we're going to put into practice. We're going to put into practice a uh, positive, good. Um, I am strong. I feel weak today, but I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm strong. Feel tired today, but but I'm strong. I'm strong. You know, um, I feel worn out. And this is not to, to minimize what you're going through. It's not minimizing it at all. It's not taking away your struggle. It's not taking away your journey. But what it's doing is just building you. I do not believe for one minute that if I am down, if I continue to say that I'm down, it's going to make me feel better. It's going to make the situation better. I do believe that if I am down and I tell myself, but Michelle, lift up your head. But Michelle, you can do this. But Michelle, you can handle this. But Michelle, God created you for this moment, this time. You know, he don't make mistakes. So if you're here, he knew this time will come. He knew that you will be able to handle this. If I tell myself that, that gives me strength. That gives me strength to continue. But if I sit here and tell myself, you know, this is too much. And I'm tired. And I can't take it anymore. And I can barely breathe. And I feel like the walls are closing in on me. I feel like I can't take it or make it not one more day. You know, it's bound to put me in a place that I probably can't make it one more day. But the power that we have is not only in our thinking, but it's in our speaking. And so I chose, and I'm asking you to do the same. I chose to speak life where there is death. I chose to speak hope where there is hopelessness. I chose to do that. That's my choice because I see the difference that that makes versus me, you know, just sitting in a place and and just, you know, wallowing, wallowing in my situation. No one is necessarily going to come and rescue you. Sometimes you have to be your own rescuer. And I've said that before. You have to be your own hero. You have to be your own shero. Okay? We always um, wait for others to come and encourage us, to uplift us, to tell us it's going to be okay. You know, to tell us we're going to make it. We need that encouragement. We need that love. We need that support. But I want you to get to a point that if no one shows up, if no one claps, you clap for yourself. If no one says, good job, well done, you made it. You do that for yourself. You love you enough to encourage yourself. And I get that from the uh, the teaching that I, I learned uh, by reading the story of David and how David learned to encourage himself in the Lord. Like you have to learn to encourage yourself to say, hey, I can do this. I mean, it's tough, but I can do it. Hey, this is rough, but I can do it. So... Once again, it's been my honor and my pleasure to be able to come and share some tips and some tools with you that I know will assist you in becoming a better you. It has been awesome, outstanding, beautiful, and great to be able to come today and share some nuggets with you guys. Please remember to click on that button and share this podcast. Click on that button and think about supporting this podcast. Once again, you can get this information that I share with you um, from the book Faith versus Fear. Also, um, you can check out the other books, The Crown and Breaking Family Tasks, available on Amazon.com. You can also get some of those books on BarnesandNoble.com. I love you guys. I love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. 
please remember I'm not just saying that, but I really mean that. I do love you. I care about you. I'm praying for you. But remember that God loves you more. Now get up from where you are and go be great. God bless you guys.